You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. And here he is, having the time of his life. We are back on The Pipeline Show, and it's time for our NCAA Campus Report, which, as always, is brought to you by College Hockey, Inc. If you are a player or you have a player in your family, and they are looking to explore all of their options uh, to get to the next level, and the, the college option is of interest to them, there's some things you need to know, and College Hockey, Inc. is a great place to have some of those questions answered. You can get in touch with Mike Snee or Nate Ewell, and they can help you along as well. Uh, the Caps report, uh, well, hey, I'm getting a, a ratings bump for this show as my guest today. The head coach from Air Force uh, joins me once again is uh, Frank Saratori. Uh, coach, great to have you on the Pipeline Show once again. Thanks for taking the time. How are you? Great, Gee. How's things on the Great White North? Oh, uh, terrific. Uh, winter has uh, definitely arrived in my neck of the woods, though, out in Alberta. But uh, for the most part, it's been uh, okay so far. What about in uh, Colorado? It's uh, you know what? It's a snowstorm in Colorado. I'm glad I'm not there. We're, <laughs> we were in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh playing last week against Robert Morris, and uh, and then we drove up. We stayed out because it was Thanksgiving week. This week we stayed out for the two weeks. We had two road trips, and we're in Niagara Falls. Uh, New York uh, right now, and it's raining. I mean, uh, it's nice out, uh, but it's raining, you know. But that beats having, you know, what's usually here uh, is 14-foot snowbanks. So uh, I'll take a little rain any day, Guy. Well, I appreciate you making the time uh, on a road trip like this. Uh, let's talk a bit about the season so far and, and kind of a, a tale of two uh, two stories here as you got off to a slow start, and yet you've rattled off, uh, well, four wins in your last five games and a tie against Robert Morris, and that's the team that's currently leading your conference right now. So what happened early on and, and what changed uh, to uh, turn things around? Well, well first of all, like the, the, we graduated the two classes that took us to those two NCAA Final Eights. Uh, we had uh, knocked off uh, Western Michigan in, in uh, 17 and uh, number one St. Cloud in 18 and, and won our conference. We graduated the nucleus of that group. So we had a young team coming back this year. And, uh, the general manager, uh, my, our general manager should, uh, should be fired, uh, for, for scheduling Notre Dame, which is an, an NCAA, uh, you know, they're a contender for the national title. Mm-hmm. And Arizona State also was a, uh, is, was an NCAA tournament team as an independent last year, and, and they're a candidate again to go. So once, one of the things we start out slow, we got a young team, and we're playing pretty darn good teams. Notre Dame is really, really good. And, uh, Arizona State is pretty darn good as well. And, uh, and then we got into league play. We lost those first four games. Then we get into league play and we played, um, RIT. We outshoot RIT over two games at home, 81 to 20, 81 to 20 over two games. We score one goal, Gee. Yeah. And I, I felt so bad for our kids, but we've got a young team, but oh, they got a good attitude. Been the be- probably the best practice team that I've had in a long, long time. These kids really want to get good. And I said all along, I just, how much I like this group, how much I believe in this group. And, um, then we went out to Sacred Heart and Sacred Heart's got, you know, four or five really, really good forwards. And, uh, and they took us to the woodshed on, on Friday night, which was really our only stinker. And they beat us good. Yeah. And, uh, we came back for a one o'clock matinee game. We're 0 and 7 at this point. We come back for a matinee game at one o'clock and, uh, we play our other goalie. And, uh, yeah, Alex Schilling and, and we, and he, we find a way to win. We win a huge game after getting beat seven to one. We come back and, and win on the road and then, uh, came, uh, uh, came back, uh, a home off that, played Bentley and found a way to win two tight games and then, uh, traveled to Robert Morris 
and uh, we beat them and tied and actually won the second game in three-on-three, three, so we took five of the six points. So, you know what, D, I never thought I'd be, I never thought I'd be happy with being four, seven, and one. Um, but when you start out 0 and 7, 4, 7 and 1 looks pretty good. It feels pretty good. And, uh, well, we got, we got the ship righted. Like I said, we've got a young team. We got a lot, a uh, long way to go, but, but we're going in the right direction. I, I saw you, I heard you lay the blame on the schedule maker at the start there. Uh, who, who, <laughs> who, who would that be? You know who that is. You know who, it, yeah. The coach is doing, you know what? The coach is doing a pretty good job. Uh, the GM kind of, uh, put the team in the hole there a little bit, but, you know, we make these schedules. You have to schedule teams, you know, two and three years in advance. And you don't know where they're going to be for sure. And you don't really know where you're going to be. Um, there's just, you know, kids sign and go and there's attrition and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, uh, for us, you know, in playing in Atlantic hockey, like we want to play, I want to have a challenging schedule, but not an overwhelming schedule. And, uh, we've done quite well in Atlantic hockey over the last 13 years. We won nine championships and went to the NCAA tournament. Um, seven times we've knocked off 14 teams that were ranked in the top 15 nine of those were ranked in the top five so as a as a program we've done darn good and what i try to do in our non-conference we're only getting six non-conference games and and uh you know i, I like i want us you know i want to I, I want our schedule for our, our for our players and our fans you know to get we need to make it a little sexy and uh you look for a team we, we played boston college in the past we played ohio state um, we play Denver or CC every year, and uh, uh, we've got uh, Notre Dame, Arizona State. Uh, we just did a deal uh, for down the road with Michigan State. We, we're working on another one in Ohio State. You know, so our, our players want to play against those types of teams, those uh, those power fives, if you're using a, use a uh, national term, BCS, if you're using a football term, you know, those those power five BCS-type programs. And, um, and your fans want to see some of those games, too, so. The bad news is we play uh, Notre Dame and Arizona State, and and we start out 0-4. But I'll tell you what, we we found out what the best in college hockey looks like. We know what the speed limit is, and uh, you know if we get back to that NCAA tournament uh, this year, you know uh, it's not going to be the first time that we've seen uh, teams of that caliber. So you know I think there's there's a lot of advantages to to scheduling up, and uh, and the, hey, and the other thing is like I told you, we've beaten. We've beaten 14 teams ranked in the top 15 over the last uh, 12 years. And, uh, like, you can't beat them, Guy. You can't beat them if you don't play them. Yeah. So, so, you know, like I said, I like playing those games. And uh, more importantly, uh, the players like playing them. And our fans who, uh, you know, we're, we sell on our games. And uh, our, we have a lot of – we have 1,800 season ticket holders. And um, uh, you owe it to them to, to, to put the most uh, uh, entertaining type schedules together that you, that you possibly can. Frank Saratori is the head coach at Air Force, my guest here on the Pipeline Show in our NCAA Campus Report segment. And I, I, I seem to recall a, a commercial that you uh, made at the start of the year. It wasn't you personally, but you were in it uh, with another coach from Air Force, and it was about introducing the mascot or something like that. But I know one of the lines that you had to, as you were in the coach, the other coach were talking about was how young your team is, and he said to you, eventually you'll find the way, you always do. And that wasn't just lip service. I mean, that's it, maybe it's in the script of the commercial, but you do have that young team that you were talking about. So, on some level, were you almost expecting a bit of a slow start? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, you just never know. But you know, with what we had coming back, hey, Gee, I'll tell you what. Like one thing I do every year, and I got this from my brother Tom at Bemidji uh, many, many years ago, is is uh, is I ta- is I is I count the goals 
that, you know, we do this preseason poll, poll, uh, polls. The coaches do a preseason poll. Yeah. Uh, how I base my preseason poll is on the number of goals that each team has coming back. And we had, we were the lowest goal scoring team in the league last year. And we had a winning record because we had a fantastic goalie, Billy Christopoulos, who's playing in the East Coast League right now. And, uh, he was the first team all league goalie, but we were last in goal scored and we finished third in the league out of 11 teams, which is amazing because the next lowest team finished last. The next lowest team to that finished second to last. The next lowest team finished third to last. The next lowest team finished fourth to the last. So we were the lowest scoring team in the league. And with that coming back, we only, we only, we, we lost 51% of our goals to graduation. So we were the, out of 11 teams, we were 10th in the league in goals returning. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and we graduated our strength of our team, which was our all league goalie. So, you know, that kept me awake a lot of nights uh, last summer, let me just tell you. But so it, it was expected that, you know, we're, we're going to have to, you know, uh, reinvent ourselves. We're going to have to turn the page. The kids we graduated over the last uh, two years were a big part of, of a great chapter in our history. But we, but the page has been turned and these kids right now are in charge of, of starting a new chapter and, um, they haven't let anybody down. They're excited about, you know, being in charge, uh, and, uh, you know, being in leadership roles. Uh, they pretty much played between the, behind those other two classes that we graduated that were hugely successful. And, um, you know, uh, they haven't let us down. They, there's a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of energy. Like I said, these kids come every day. They practice hard. You know what? As a coach, sometimes you have teams that particularly don't have the greatest uh, as a group, uh, aren't, the, aren't the hardest workers, don't have maybe the greatest attitude. We don't have a lot of those problems at the academy, but you have those. And then you get you, you get into your schedule and you get fed by somebody and you go, you know what? That's what we deserve that. You know, we deserve that. We got to get better. We got to practice better. We got to be better. With this group, they've done, they, they cross uh, the T's and dotted the I's. They, they try hard every day. And when, when things weren't going early, good early, when we were 0-7, I legitimately felt so bad for them because they, they really have put everything that they could. They put their best foot forward every day. So it's really been gratifying to see the worm turn and, uh, and ha- see this group go un- unbeaten in their last five because, you know, they, in my, in my mind, they, they deserve to have something good happen. And it has happened, but, uh, no, we expected it to be a little slow to start out with. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun from day one. Even when we were 0 7, I was telling people, you know what? I like this group. I like what they're all about. Don't count them out. And, uh, it's still going to be a struggle. It's still going to be a tough journey. Um, but, uh, but as of right now, you know, um, we're, we've got the ship righted. We're finding a way to win some games. The boys believe in, in themselves. They believe in each other. They believe in the coaching staff. And, uh, and, uh, we're having a lot of fun right now. Coach, the last time or the first time we had you on the Pipeline Show, it's got to be over a decade ago by now, but I remember talking to you about just the uniqueness uh, when it comes to recruiting. You know, you kind of, compared to other programs, well, you can't, you're not bringing in Canadians, you're not bringing in Swedes or, or Finns or anything like that, so you're limited in that aspect. And then there was, at that time, you know, players graduate uh, from your program and they go on and they join the Air Force. And so you're looking, you're, you're getting a, a very specific type of player that's coming your way. Some of that has changed here in the last few years, hasn't it? I mean, Shane Starrett played for you, and, and now he's, he, he left and uh, immediately was able to start playing professional hockey. Can you kind of just uh, talk about the change and, and how that's maybe a changed the way you are able to recruit? 
Yeah, it, it, it's changed a few things. I mean, um, like we have a pro option right now, and if a kid has a legitimate chance, but these things sometimes come and go depending upon the climate in the world. If, are we at war? Are we not at war? Are they downsizing the Air Force? Are they not? Um, so but as of right now, <clears throat> there, is a, there is a pro option. Now, when, when, when Starrett left, uh, he just chose to leave after his sophomore year. Our kids come here, Guy. And uh, when when they come, uh, they can go to school for two years to figure out if, if this is what they want to do. They can walk away anytime after their year, their before their before they start their junior year. Okay. Their commitment, their fi- their five year commitment to the to the Air Force and the military starts when they go to when they attend cl- the first class their junior year. Okay. And um uh, and Shane left after his sophomore year, and uh, you know and we some we we encouraged it because uh, you know it was a great opportunity. I mean, here's a six foot five goaltender with with and, and a very athletic goal. This kid could slam dunk a basketball. He could have been a, a, a wide receiver on the football team. He could have been a you know, a power forward on the basketball team. That's what kind of athlete this kid was. And um, you know, we just felt it was in his best interest because he's got a legit chance with his size and athleticism. So we encourage that. Now, you know, we don't get hey in college hockey overall. Everybody, all the kids aspire to play pro hockey. How many of them does it really come to fruition? Not a whole lot. It's 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 tough to make it in 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 pro hockey, especially you know when you're talking about the the major leagues. I mean, when you get to the National League, it's a you know it's, it's a very select group, and it's and it's not an, an easy league to get to, and and even a harder league to to survive and stay in. Uh, but uh, but right now we have a pro option, and it's with all the it's for all the mil- service academies, Navy, Army, ourselves. Yeah, if a, if we have a player that can can play get signed and play at a, a specific level, and I would say probably it's going to be you know um, somebody do you have to sign an NHL contract, I would think, and and then be placed in the American League, maybe a goalie or something in the East Coast League. You know, if you've got a legit prospect, um, you, there's you know you can they can they can uh, get, they can qualify for this option. Another option we have is called the World Class Athlete Program that they utilize for Olympic sports. And, and Billy Christopoulos, our goalie from last year, is uh, is is, a, is in the World Class Athlete Program, and he's playing in the East Coast League. And with the with the NA, with the uh, uh, Olympics not guaranteed to be NHL players right now, mm-hmm. uh, you know he's a you know he's a candidate you know for uh, a nat- for national teams and Olympic teams. So he's playing in the East Coast League in the World Class Athlete Program. And, and uh, we have, you know, track athletes and, and uh, you know, all the whatever sports that are that are in the Olympics, uh, uh, our athletes can, you know, if they're if they're if they're uh, if they've uh, performed at a, at a high level can qualify for that program as well. But, you know, for the most part, we're not all recruiting players going, hey, you can be a pro. You can be in the NHL. Yeah. You know, that's part of the spiel now if you get good enough. But we still are looking for the right kind of kids. I mean. We got to get academy type kids, and uh, these are what's, what's an academy type kid? First of all, they got to be a really good student. They got to be a really good citizen. Um, they they got to be a really good hockey player. Um, you know, they got to be willing to take on a five year commitment. Uh, they've got to be an American citizen, or for you people listening from the Great White North, uh, a dual citizen. Because we've had several uh, dual citizens that have, have played here. Also, West Point's had a had a couple as well, and um, so. You know, those are the qualifications, and, and, and we're looking for people, young men that are going to come in and be able to assimilate the, our culture, the culture of the academy, and, uh, and eventually 
you know, grow and assimilate through the process into, into being great Air Force officers. And uh, so we're looking for a certain kid. And, and uh, this, the pool is very small compared to when, you know, when you think of all the, you know, the stipulations that I just listed, the, it, the pool is very small. But those kids are out there. And, uh, and our job is to find those kind of kids and those kind of families that are looking at what we have. And, uh, hey, I mean, you want to come up and play really good Division One hockey? We've, we've got that. You want to get an Ivy League type education? We've got that. You want to be on a, on a full scholarship, not just a full scholarship, but they pay you to go here. We've got that. Are you looking for a guaranteed career afterwards that you, you can utilize for, you know, to, you can stay in the, in the Air Force for 20 years and graduate or and retire in your 40s, you know, or you can leave and go work for a Fortune 500 company after five years and, and uh, make a seamless transition into the, civilian sector i mean like if that's appealing to you then then our place is a place that 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 you need to look into um but like i said it, uh, it, just because we have this pro option now it's not like we're out and we're going to recruit a completely different animal we're not we're, we're looking for academy type kids and and now if they come in and, and all of a sudden you know they uh, they're like david robinson at, 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 at davy and they grow six inches and and all of a sudden you know, uh, show that they have legit major league potential. You know, there's opportunities in, uh, in in professional sports for those type of athletes. When you had Eric Ean and, and Jock Lamoureux and Andrew Volkening, I mean, those guys were stars for you. Did they have that option and just chose to, to stick through and, and uh, follow, you know, and graduate at, uh, at the academy? It was not as clear then, G. It wasn't. Uh, you know, what we did back in those days is we tried to get those kids stationed um near a, a minor league team ah. and um all, and uh all those kids played some games in the east coast league or the american league um uh because we got we got them stationed and then they played when they could and uh um you know but you know but that that's a lot more difficult than you know hey they're working a day job for the air force and then they're going to practice and then they're 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 playing games on the weekend um it, it was kind of a of a more of a part-time pro deal. Uh, Greg Flynn did the same thing with the, with the devils, um, the Albany devils. And, uh, uh, but this is legit. Like right now, um, you know, if a guy graduates with it and gets this pro option, they are, their job as a, their job for the air force is going in and playing in the American league or playing in the East coast league. The same thing with Billy Christopoulos in the world-class athlete program. He's playing in the East coast league right now with South Carolina. That's his job. he, He's he's out there. His job is is to play hockey for South Carolina. Frank Saratori is the head coach at Air Force. Uh, my guest here on the Pipeline Show. You mentioned your brother Tom, uh, who's coaching at Bemidji State, and I I always just wondered, uh, you know, if you guys keep track of the head to head, how often do you actually the two programs meet? I'm a little surprised you guys don't schedule uh, to meet with each other every year. But who holds bragging rights uh, if and when you have met? Well. Uh, let me tell you, Gabe, um, right now in the overall record, uh, my little brother uh, has took his big brother to the woodshed overall. And uh, 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 he has done a fantastic job. Like I always, people always ask me from my hometown, are you the greatest coach ever to come from your hometown, Colorado, Minnesota? I go, I'm not even the greatest coach to come out of my own family. You know, uh, uh, Tom uh, has done a fantastic job. He's a terrific hockey guy. And, uh, you know, they have, they, they have the overall, uh, advantage, uh, win loss wise. He's got the overall advantage, but you know something, Keith, 
Um, you know who won the last game that we played mm. between us? You know who won the last game? Tell me. Big Brother won the last game. And, and unless we play in the NCAA tournament, that is going to be the last game we ever played because I'm taking that one. I'm taking Big Brother's taking that one to the, to the grave. You know what? You might have won all those other ones, but Big Brother won the, Big Brother put a little thumping on you in the last one. And that's, hey, you got to go with what you got. Um, and, uh, you know, that's what I got. And that's what I'm staying with. And, uh, and so he's like, you know, he wants to play right away after we won that uh, game last year on Saturday at Air Force. Hey, we need to schedule a game. Where we ain't ever playing again, brother. <laughs> we ain't ever playing unless we play in the NCAA tournament. I'm taking this one. You know what? I'm feeling pretty good about the family, uh, about the little uh, family uh, series right now. And uh, I think I'll just take this last one to the grave. That's outstanding. Uh, Coach, before I let you go, and I, I mentioned this to you before uh, we started uh, the actual interview, but uh, since we booked this interview and set it up, it's kind of been the, the uh, ugly stories that have come out the last couple of days about uh, some players who are, have uh, come forth with, um, you know, uh, abusive stories of, of coaches along the way at points of their career. You're a passionate coach. You're a competitive guy. How do you, you know, fire up your team? I don't know if you're, you're, you're losing 7-1 to a couple of weeks ago to, to uh, Sacred Heart. Uh, I don't know if you go into the dressing room and, and have a message. How do you not cross the line though? Because, you got to bring out the best of your players, and I've never been in that situation. I don't know how you don't cross the line sometimes. Um, maybe can you give me your perspective on uh, what's been happening here the last couple of days? Well, I can't tell you anything about anybody else. All I can talk to you about is my is me, and I've been doing this for over 40 years. My first job in junior hockey in the United States Hockey League was in 1982. So, I, like, I've been doing this a long time. And when I started coaching junior hockey in 1982 – like I was only about five years older than the players that I was coaching. And, um, and I was so paranoid about not getting too close to the players because they were so close in age. And I just, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I just felt there needed to be a line, a, a clear line between the players and, and the coach. And, and also at that time, you know, you know, when you think back over time and, and, and like abuse of what, you know, like, I don't know what abusive is. I mean, like, like you need to, you need, you need to be uh, like, I don't know if I've ever been, you know, abusive. Have I ever, you know, been a little harder? You darn right. I was a little harder back in the day. And, and, you know, keep in mind, like you're coming off a generation where, you know, the, the Vince Lombardi's and the Herb Brooks and, and these type of guys that, that, you know, that, uh, um, uh, these type of guys that, that were, you know, they weren't very close to their, their players. And, uh, and, and, and they were, they were hard on them and, uh, and, and they would get in people's grills and they would call them out in front of their teammates and those types of things. And, um, you know, you know, but, but times have changed and like, gee, I'm a big believer. Like, like, uh, you know, I've had to reinvent myself three or four different times. Hmm. And I think that, you know, if you don't evolve with the times, cause the, the times change, the kids change. These kids now, gee, are so much uh, more worldly now than they were uh, 40 years ago. And they want to know how, and they want to know why. And, um, and like, for the most part, I think we, like, we get a real motivated kid at the academy. They don't, they want to do well. And when you don't do well, I mean, what good is beating them up going to do? You know, you, uh, I like, you, you, you know, you just need to find a different way. And, uh, you know, I was talking, Jock Lammer, you mentioned Jock's name. He's on my coaching staff right now. Mm. And, he, and he just mentioned the other day after being with me for, um, uh, back with me for a month and a half, he goes, my God, have you changed? He goes, like, 
you are, you know, he goes, you are so much softer and, and different, you know? And I just said, you know, like, if you're going to be in this profession, like you have to be, stay with the times and you have to evolve. And, 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 you know, what worked motivationally 40 years ago, 30 years ago, not, it doesn't necessarily translate to now. And, and like I said, you better have a pulse on things. You better have a pulse on the kid of today, the world of today, and you, you better evolve and you better reinvent yourself and you better evolve because if you don't, if you refuse to, to evolve, if you re, if, if, if refuse to reinvent yourself, you know, you will go by the, the way of the dinosaur. I, I really believe that. So, um, I don't know if I, if I answered your question, but, uh, um, but everybody, every, you know, coaches have to be themselves and, um, you know, but, uh, there are lines that you just simply can't cross and you better not cross. And if you do cross them, um, you're going to get yourself into a pickle and deservedly so. Well, thank you very much for uh, sharing your thoughts on that. And I really appreciate you making the time coach. Uh, as always, I'm getting a huge rating boost whenever you're on the show. So I appreciate that. Uh, and, uh, you've got Niagara this weekend, Holy Cross before the Christmas break and, uh, certainly wish you the best of luck the rest of the way this season. Uh, coach, uh, thank you again for your time. My pleasure, Dee. Thanks for having me on. Always a blast working with you as well. The one and only Frank Saratori, head coach at the Air Force Academy, my guest there uh, of this segment uh, for College Hockey Inc. And uh, I thought it was important to uh, get a coach's perspective uh, on the uh, this hot topic here this week that has really taken over the hockey landscape at all levels. You can go back to the uh, opening segment of today's show where I shared some thoughts and uh, weighed in a bit more on that topic. But Air Force in action this weekend. They've got uh, Niagara and uh, the Christmas break not that far away. For all NCAA teams, but it uh, looks like Air Force has got this weekend and next weekend, and then they're off until the new year. Okay, up next here on the Pipeline Show, it'll be our In the Dub segment. Uh, Sean Mullen, longtime uh, CHL broadcaster, WHL broadcaster, now uh, half of WHL Unfiltered at dubnetwork.ca. He's going to be my guest. We'll talk about some of the uh, hot stories around the Western Hockey League, some of the teams and players that are making news uh, across the WHL. That's next. Here on the Pipeline Show. Dallas met him the puck. Now Dallas spins and fires. Hart doesn't have it, does he? No, he kept it out. What a stop by Carter Hart right on the goal line. Woof. Skipped off his glove, and it stayed out by millimeter. Hey, it's Carter Hart of the Everett Silver Tips, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. your weekend with WHL Hockey Action. This Saturday night, it's the Battle of Alberta as your Edmonton Oil Kings go head-to-head against the Calgary Hitmen at Rogers Place. Then, Sunday afternoon at 4, it's Oil Kings versus the Regina Pats. The holidays are on the way. Make your festive colors red and blue. Don't miss the Oil Kings live. Great family entertainment at Rogers Place starts at just $20 a seat. Save on day of game pricing now at oilkings.ca. 